Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm Molly, your host, and I'm joined today by my handsome husband, Dewey. Hello, my beautiful wife, and hello to all the cat fans out there. We appreciate you listening. And, Molly, I see that you want to talk about dysfunctional beliefs about cats. What's the backstory for this topic? Well, in the shelter, I'm around a lot of people who might not have spent much time with cats. You know, the visitors, not not staff, of course. And I hear a lot of dysfunctional comments about cats, and I think there's a need for us to learn to maybe reframe some of those thoughts. Well, I'm not fully following. Give us an example of something. Well, there's some strange historical dysfunctional feelings about cats. You know, uh, for instance, there's this ritual in Thailand. Cats are associated with the dry season in Thailand. And cats are used in a ritual rain-making ceremony. So the the, the Thai wow. folk region of, of Ban Nai, they, they pick a female cat that's been raised in the temple to be the central focus of, of this rain ritual. And what they do is they carry the cat in a cage. So the female cat is taken house to house while devotional songs to the gods are sung. And at each house... The dwellers welcome the singers and throw water on the cats. <laughs> and after each house is visited, a feast is held at the temple. They're not eating the cat. Don't worry. This story has a good ending. <laughs> so they hold this big feast at the temple, and the poor soggy cat is left to dry. And um, although the cat doesn't appreciate it very much, it's an important symbolic ritual for the Ban Nai. And um, all across Thailand, tossing water on a cat is viewed as a powerful symbolic gesture. So, you know, with their general aversion to water, cats symbolize dryness or drought. Surely you're not going to make this episode about cats and history. Boring, right? No, <laughs> that, no, that was just an extreme dysfunctional belief example that, oh, you know, oh, clearly might benefit from some reframing. Yeah, you know, there, you've talked about not putting water on cats in the past, so I was confused. <laughs> that's that's just they were not in Thailand, so okay. that's a that was an example of a of a dysfunctional belief. But there's there's lots of cultural beliefs surrounding cats, like like the Japanese cat waving. You know, you go into the like sushi bar, and there by the cash cash register, they have the little sculpture of the. Japanese cat looks like he's doing the Hell Hitler, you know, with one paw up in the air. Mm-hmm. That that little cat's actually called Maneko Nico, and uh, the Japanese believe that that's a good luck cat. It's supposed to bring good fortune. So there there's other good luck cat beliefs, like like seeing a cat at a wedding or dreaming of a white cat. Oh, so you like mean that black cats are bad luck? That one fits in there too, right? Well, yeah, Americans believe that a black cat crossing your path is bad luck. But did you know in Germany, 
It depends on which direction the cat is traveling. So if the cat is, is crossing your path from left to right, it's a good luck sign. But if the cat's crossed your path from right to left, it's unlucky. <laughs> wow. You know, I just think that it's uh, bad luck if a cat is black in the middle of the night crossing the road and you don't see it and you happen to run over it. That's bad luck for him, not bad luck for you. That's really bad luck for the cat. <laughs> yeah, real bad. So I get that. So this episode is all about cat super sensitivity or super sensations or what is what is this episode really about <laughs> about cat superstition is that what you're trying to get out there maybe that's it superstition <laughs> i what is i'm trying to figure out what this episode's about no it's not really about cat superstition what i really want to talk about is more common cat beliefs like like cats can't be trained well now we know that that's false because you do it all the time. Right. But not everyone knows that I do it all the time. I mean, we can modify a cat's behavior so it doesn't do the things that irritate us, you know, like pee outside the litter box. And we can train a cat on behaviors such as high fives or sit ups. Okay, so I'm still confused about the point of this episode. I must be really in the dark. Well, My superstition we, is in the dark. Maybe we have um, gone down a rabbit hole starting out, but but some dysfunctional thoughts about cats can be harmless, and some can be dangerous because some people will treat the cats differently due to their beliefs, and I and I don't mean like throwing water on them because. That's probably not going to happen much in the United States. But I mean, like, for instance, cats are low maintenance. You know, that that's a that's a dysfunctional thought that that cats are low maintenance and they don't require much care. Well, when you compare them to owning a dog, I think that's correct. Well, not at all. You know, dogs, dogs do need to be taken outside to relieve themselves. And, you know, cats will will pee and poop in a litter box. They don't have to go on a walk to do it, but the litter boxes still need to be kept clean. You know, dogs need to be exercised daily, but cats also need prey play daily. Um, you know, cats might even be a bit more time-consuming since their species eats about 10 small meals a day, whereas in the wild, I mean, you know, that's probably not realistic at home, but in the wild, cats will eat 10 small meals a day, whereas a dog eats more of a, eats meals, cats snack. Dogs eat meals, so you're okay feeding a dog two to three times a day, but I recommend feeding cats five times a day, which, as you know, is time-consuming. I mean, even with food timers doing part of that work. But the real problem, you know, with, with people thinking that cats are low-maintenance is a lot of times they think they can just go, home, go away for a few days and leave dry food out and, and leave their cat home alone. <laughs> You you mean you can't? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh no. <laughs> no, you can't just go away for a few days and leave oh, your no. cat dry food out for days on end. You know, cats need fresh food and water, and they get lonely. You know, they they need daily rituals and routines. And when those rituals and routines are interrupted, cats feel insecure and will often act out in ways that are not acceptable to you. Okay, so I think I've got the idea here. So how about the thought that dogs and cats are enemies? Right, that's a good one. That's a good one. Cats that's... can 
you know, that that's yeah. a that's a good dysfunctional belief because cats can really form close bonds with dogs and cats actually can get along with dogs better than cats because a dog's a different species who is not competing for their resources. So give us another dysfunctional thought uh, that you often hear. Well, people will come into the cat adoption room and say they can't adopt a cat because they're pregnant. What does that have to do with adopting a cat? I'm pregnant. <laughs> well, their doctors will tell them that cleaning a cat's litter box might lead to toxoplasmosis. And while there is a risk of getting toxoplasmosis from handling cat feces, I, I personally think it's a long shot that you're going to get it from cleaning a litter box, you know, unless unless maybe you're cleaning the litter box with your bare hands. Oh, you had to go there. Oh, I don't even <laughs> want to think about that. <laughs> well, right. And and of course you wouldn't want to do that. You use a scooper and you never directly touch the feces. I do recommend that, you know, maybe have other family members clean the box while you're pregnant just to be on the safe side and definitely have someone else wash the box out when you're doing a complete litter change. But I got to tell you, in all the years, that I have been around cats and that I've cleaned litter boxes and fostered and prepared raw food, which is actually a much greater risk of getting toxoplasmosis. You know, I don't have toxoplasmosis. I don't even show in my blood lab work that I've been exposed to it. And if anybody's going to get toxoplasmosis, it'd be me. Now, I don't want to be the one to tell you if you're pregnant, ah, just throw care to the wind and go ahead and jump in there and clean that litter box i mean like i said have your have your family members do it for you take a break from litter box cleaning until after the new baby's there then you're going to be so busy with the new baby you're not going to have time to clean the litter box anyway <laughs> so wow talk which is i think is a better reason you know when people come in and say i can't adopt a cat because i'm pregnant i want to think that's probably not a bright idea because as soon as that baby is born you're not going to have time for the cat but but that's a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big word, toxoplasmosis. I, I can't I can't even imagine, you know, the how somebody came up with that, but you know, who who knows? I I wouldn't know. So on to the next thing. So what about the old saying about cats are nocturnal? Can that be a dysfunctional thought? Yeah, it is, because cats are actually what they call crepuscular shoes crepuscular. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You got me, you got that one twisted up with toxoplasmosis <laughs> along with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Okay, so they're they're crepuscular, which means that they're actually more active at dusk and dawn. And that makes sense cuz that's when their prey is usually scurrying about. If your cat's active in the middle of the night, which is what you would call nocturnal, there's probably something else going on. Like their feeding schedule isn't natural to their species, or maybe they haven't gotten enough play during the day. You know, haven't gotten enough opportunity to burn off a bunch of that excess energy during the day. So, um, what about the dysfunctional um, quote or, or thought or, or statement everybody makes about declawing cats as a safe way to get them to quit tearing up this sofa? 
No, that's definitely a dysfunctional thought. Deep clawing can leave your cat with lasting emotional and physical lifelong problems. I mean, there's residual pain in about 80% of declawed cats, and that often leads to litter box avoidance. There's many, many other ways to stop the clawing and scratching. And yes, we do have an episode on that. (laughs) We did just a few weeks ago. Yay. We do, we do. In fact, I think there's two podcasts actually on on uh, on scratching and clawing. So there's lots of resources out there for that. But here's another dysfunctional thought. Indoor cats can't really get sick. And this is dysfunctional because they absolutely can get diseases. And they get diseases some outside cats will never face. And these are things like obesity or dental disease or diabetes or hyperthyroidism, things like that. You should absolutely take your cat to the vet at least annually to make sure they're healthy. So what about another one of those quotations that people always talk about? What about cats are aloof? Now that's another good one too, because some people just assume that cats are independent and not into people. And while some cats are more shy than others, All cats can learn to trust and be more confident if people just take the time to earn that cat's trust. You know, a cat needs time to acclimate to a new environment. They got to get their scent on things so they feel confident. And, you know, then they'll begin to behave in more outgoing ways. You know, the truth is a cat needs social interaction, but it's your job to make them feel safe enough to express it. Okay, so here's one I know you'll that will hit your hot button because you always talk about this. Your cat is just fine being a vegetarian. Right. That that one does hit my hot button and it's very dangerous for your cat. You know, it's great that you're a vegetarian, but you can't, you know, you can survive without meat. But taurine and other nutrients that come from meat are essential to cats' survival. And they also need a lot of protein, much more so than other species. And so much that they can't get it from plants. I mean, you know, common problems associated with protein deficiency are things like skin problems and hearing loss and heart and liver problems. You know, there's there's companies now who are making artificial versions of, of meat proteins. And, you know, we're, we're consumers of those like Impossible Burgers and Beyond Meat and things like that. But but cats, you know, that that doesn't work for cats because they can't process artificial ingredients very well. And that leads to weakened heart and shortened lifespan. You know, I'm all for ethical food consumption. You know, I personally follow along those lines. But, you know, if you impose that on your cat, you need to think about the ethics of putting your cat's health at risk for your own values. Okay, so um, I get that. Makes sense. What about the one about cats being a danger to newborn babies? We that's talked about an, that. Yeah, that's another good one. And um, and there's a lot of cats surrendered to shelters because mom is expecting. And there's a myth that cats smother babies by stealing their breath. But the hard evidence of this ever happening is lacking. You know, I think there might be one case stated back in the 1700s that, you know, obviously got blown out of proportion and carried forward ridiculously long period of time, you know, but you do need to make some common sense things for a new baby, like 
keep the litter box where the baby can't get in it. And I'd teach the cat that the crib is off limits. You know, mostly you want to make sure that the cat is ready for the baby by slowly introducing the changes in the household that are going to happen, like in in terms of smells and sounds and things like that. And and actually, I'm working on an episode all about introducing the new baby into your cat household. Okay. Uh, we could go on about cat thoughts all day long, I'm sure. Uh, but have we hit all the important ones you were thinking about? Well, another one I hear in the cat adoption room a lot is, it's going to bite me. People seem to think cats are mean. And, and, and that's one, you know, cats are mean. And that's absolutely about as true as saying men are mean. I mean, you know, some are, but not all. And I think mean is a word we need to reframe when we're talking about cats because it implies that there's some sort of malice behind their aggression. You know, they act out of fear with defensive gestures. You know, they're sometimes just trying to play and sometimes, sometimes that aggression is a dominance gesture. But I think premeditated meanness is way too complex of a human emotion for cats to feel. And you're right. I could go on for hours with these. So maybe we'll wrap this up and I'll do a part two at some point. <laughs> okay, that sounds <laughs> great. Because there's really a lot of good information here and uh, we will we'll be doing more of these. So let's just uh, stop it here. And uh, let's just thank all the listeners who are listening to this podcast today. Uh, we would like for you to if you have the opportunity to check out some of Molly's other resources like Facebook and Instagram, where she posts most everything, please, while you're out there, like the page and share it with your cat friends. We like to get this information out to people. Share it to them. Also, I'd like for you to go on catbehaviorsolutions.org and look for the Behavior Boutique. It's a cute little place. For you to go in and take a look at a some of the things. Cute little that, place. Cute little place to go <laughs> and look at and shop around. There so, are some cool things in there. There really are. And Molly does a great job putting things in there that she thinks really benefits and helps the behavior of a cat and helps your lifestyles together between you and your cat and helps build a better relationship. And while you're on the site, go ahead and check out Molly's blog because she does a great job of putting information out there and uh, she does a lot of research and you could benefit from all that information. In fact, also, I just started a new series called Dear Molly, kind of like Dear Abby. I don't think anybody young these days is going to catch the reference, but <laughs> I get emails often with these kind of short questions that don't you know they don't warrant a full-on consult but i can answer relatively quickly so i started a, a dear molly segments in my blog so definitely check that out all right dear molly cool let's mm -hmm. go check that one out also molly is available for virtual and in-home consultations so if you're having issues reach out to molly and set up an appointment uh, if she's close by it can be an in-home if you're far away uh, then she can also do consultations via the Internet. So don't let that be a limiting factor. Molly often does hold educational seminars and speaking engagements, and she does a great job there. Everybody's always excited about her information and is always uh, taking up a lot of time afterwards, asking lots of questions to further their 
their education. So if you'd like to have Molly do that, reach out to Molly and let's schedule some of those too. What do you think, Molly? Are we done? That sounds like a lot of work. Yes. <laughs> I think we should <laughs> okay. be done with this one. All it's right. a wrap. It's so, a wrap. Until next time, people, keep calm and purr on. Goodbye, cat fans. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop.